It's past the vazool, baby. Come on in. Well, hello, Screamers! Welcome again to another episode of Scream Until You Like It podcast. Um, hopefully, if you're still with us, you're screaming and you're liking it. So, um, I am Coroner Clint today, which is a reference to a movie that we're talking about. And Mikey Goes to Hell is right alongside me. Normally, I'd call him Evil Mike. We could still do that. You know, um, how's it going, Mike? I'm good. You're good? You're good? I'm good. Survived another week of work? Another week down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'll close my eyes and it'll be Monday again. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. I feel it coming. It's like rearing over my shoulder as we speak. Yes. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, we just had a Friday the 13th a week ago. And uh, one of the things that people like to do is watch Friday the 13th movies. Uh, actually there was a fan film that came out, uh, never hike alone Two came out and I checked that out. I actually thought that was pretty good. I wasn't shocked that it was good. Cause I, I, I liked the first one. Um, so I was fully expecting the, the second one to be cool too. I don't know. Do you watch any of those fan films? I watched the first one a long time ago. I didn't watch okay. the new one that came out yet, but I okay. intend to Tom yeah. Matthews is in it, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, with a pretty pretty prominent role, actually. So uh, they they got him for a, a good a good chunk of that movie. Um, so uh, I don't I don't want to spoil anything. It's one of those things where it's free up on YouTube. If you got the time to sit there and watch it, go check it out. You know, it's some Womp Stomp films. They did that. Um, pretty cool time if you like Friday the Thirteenth. And you know, the fan films are uh, one of the things that kind of just fills the gap. You know, as we wait for more movies to come. You know. It's like, the, I don't think anybody would have known how big the Friday the 13th franchise was going to become and how, how much of a following it would have. You know, it's, I mean, good Lord. You look at the first movie, it's like, uh, um, Betsy Palmer didn't think anybody was going to watch the movie. Yeah. She did, she did it because she wanted the paycheck because she had her, eye, her eyes on a car. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, nobody's going to watch this movie anyway. Little well, did she know. Yeah, not only the regular movies, but even like all the fan films that spawned, and Mm -hmm. it's it's a huge franchise. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of those um, uh, one of those franchises that uh, you know they kept making you know installment after installment to try to milk more money out of this thing I, i'm pretty sure that's the reason you know what i mean the studio was like oh man we got a freaking cash cow here you know that's why uh, when they uh killed jason in part four and then they went to part five um and everybody got mad about you know the the copycat jason the studio was like oh shit we're about to lose you know this uh amazing thing uh, we better change things up so they killed the storyline after that movie they canceled all the contracts to anybody they were going to ask back 
and they had you know uh tom mclaughlin uh you know write a movie yeah the first time we got zombie jason my favorite friday and my first friday of the first friday i've ever seen yeah yeah i think my first one was part five that's part of the reason why i like it so much i i saw parts jason lives in the movie theater mm -hmm. and the rest is history and then, yeah and i went back and filled them all in but i know nobody would have <laughs> because you know why you know what they could come out with a new one next week yeah and people like me and you whether even if we know it's not going to be good <laughs> people like me and you are going to see it it's exactly right it's exactly right you know that's why you know when people bitch about all the the halloween movies you know and and how they don't like the treatment of it do i like every single one of them no i don't did i like the last one absolutely not you know but if they make another one you're darn too and i'm gonna go watch Just, it <laughs> I mean, who's gonna, I mean, they come out with Jason goes to band camp, and you know what? They're gonna yeah, get my money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're gonna get it. I bet he'd be a drummer, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we can agree around part six was where that started getting weird. You know, as if it wasn't weird before. You know, but it got weirder and weirder as the movies went on. You know, like uh, part seven was basically, you know jason up against you know a carrie type character you know what i mean yes <laughs> you know um part eight i'm not even exactly sure what was happening in that movie um you know me with part eight i'm conflicted i find part eight entertaining as a movie uh -huh. i hate the fact that it's in new york uh-huh because yeah you know i'm i'm the first i live in new york my whole life and i hate it yeah. I'm not a fan of New York, but you yeah. know what? Go for bat. I'll go to bat for them and say we don't have frigging fifty-gallon drums of toxic waste just sitting on corners. <laughs> yeah. Our sewers don't flood with with yeah. with toxic waste at midnight. Every mm -hmm. right. I hate any movie that's based in New York because they paint yeah. such a picture of it. Yeah, and I know. know what you mean. I've I've heard you call New York a shithole, but it's not that much of a shithole. No. I mean, they, they like from the opening scene, like my my thoughts on the way they depicted New York with people just like doing drugs, you know, right yeah, there in it, the middle of the alleys and the toxic waste on every corner. I was like, this is like Tromaville like or something. It's like the streets are all <laughs> desolate and everything. Yeah. I'm like, have you like walked they, in New York? There's like a thousand city. Yeah, there's a thousand people on every block. <laughs> it's like somebody watched the Toxic Avenger and yeah. they thought that's what New York looked like. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so this movie was kind of no exception. Uh, the stories were getting pretty wild in the Friday the 13th franchise. Of course, they, I should mention we're talking about Jason Goes to Hell. You know, uh, the pause final for Friday. applause. The but final it Friday. Yeah, spoiler alert was not, <laughs> in fact, the final Friday. If you don't know by now, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. If you just crawled out from under a rock, there were a couple more after this. Um, this one was interesting in in the way it was written and and i i should say that um this was also a change a turn in the franchise um after part eight i guess uh paramount was kind of done with the friday the 13th franchise well, they got they got not only a little they got like campy yeah you know yeah. like the early ones before six they had the teenagers but it was pretty more straight edged a little darker 
Yeah. He's got like a different class of teenagers. And it was mm-hmm. a little more comical, a little more, you know, it didn't have the same feel as before. Yeah. And then this one, they uh they were supposedly, you know, going back to their, you know, they brought back Sean Cunningham and mm-hmm. was supposed to go back to basics and back to Yeah. And and part of that had to do with the the fact that uh New Line Cinema came in. So they made a deal with New Line Cinema. They they couldn't sell the entire Friday the 13th name. So that's why this one doesn't have a Friday the 13th right. name attached to it. But they could sell Jason, and that's exactly what they did. Um, so New Line acquired the rights, and Sean Cunningham got excited to get involved again because he thought, oh, shit, you know, something else I could make money on, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, um, and we should and here- go on... We should go on record saying that me and you are ambassadors for this movie because not all our friends don't like. <laughs> you know, me as and you enjoy fact, this movie more than anybody. I don't think any of our friends like this movie. Well, you know what? Fuck them hosers. <laughs> as us Italians say, "Bafangul." Oh shit! Take a walk. Yeah, <laughs> this movie's awesome. Yeah. So, and they uh, know who they are too. So, oh, they know. They know who they are. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> You know who all of you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We won't call you by name, but we know. We know. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I should mention, you know, it was kind of weird that, uh, you know, they they get with a new studio. You know, they're, they actually got a new director. I mean, they got Adam Marcus involved. Now, Adam Marcus hadn't yet done a feature film when they gave him this movie. You know, and I, that was one of the confusing decisions um, that that was made. Uh, but the way I understand it, since I did watch a few Adam Marcus uh, uh, interviews and even got to talk to him one time uh, on the other podcast, uh, Hammondville Horror, um, he re- he was a, a script writer. So he basically went from like uh, doing plays and stuff to writing because um, he was a playwright before and. I ran a theater company for years and uh, he was writing scripts and he wrote a script that he was supposed to direct. um, And he was longtime family friends with Sean Cunningham, who was going to help him get, get his script sold. Um, But instead of, you know, selling it and getting him the ability to direct it, he stole, he sold the movie to Disney and they wanted somebody else to direct it. So basically, um, he owed him one mm-hmm. since he promised he'd let him direct. Um, now, the movie in question I was talking about, I forget exactly what it was called. You know, uh, I my forgot boyfriend's to, a I, zombie or something yes, like that. And I, I saw it no more than because as I was eating the questionable Chinese food, yeah. I, uh, I had on a, a YouTube video about it and they flashed the title and I totally mm-hmm. forgot it. Yeah, it was something like that. But, uh, um, what we know it as what Disney turned it into was my boyfriend's back. Yes. So that, that love story with the zombie and, you know, uh, going to the dance and all that stuff, you know, fun, fun movie. If you ever it's saw a funny it, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, right. That was what, you know, got Sean Cunningham to owe one to Adam Marcus. So, uh, basically, um, they got this new Friday the 13th film coming out, you know, that they're supposed to make. He's like, uh, he made a deal with him. You know, apparently, as the story goes, 
according to Adam Marcus, he's like, if you can get the damn hockey mask out of the movie, I'll let you write and direct it. So now they disagree on that point. So I don't know who's right, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I like this movie. I like what Adam Marcus did with it. So I'm going to take his side of the story. Well, I heard I heard that that was his idea to have Jason take the shape of other people. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was a good idea. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know what? Regardless what was on screen, I give the guy credit because he did something really different. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't try to just do the old Jason in the woods killing. Yeah, you know he he did something different, and I thought it was still, you know, you get like I said, you get the people to oh, it's not Jason. You didn't have his hockey man. I mean. This yeah. was a fun movie, and I kind of like Jason jumping from body to body. It was because yeah. it also gave you like a like a like a thing vibe, like the thing, because mm-hmm. you didn't yeah. know who was, you know, at the at the one point you didn't know who Jason was. Exactly, exactly. That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that, um, but. Um, you know, and, and there's always the purists out there. And one of the reasons why they hate this movie is because they're like, you know, the formula was working. You know what I mean? <laughs> About camp slashers. Well, you know, sorry. You know, we're nine movies in. in you yeah. know, how many more, you know, of Jason killing people to camp do you really want? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, got to liven up the story a little bit. So I didn't have any issues with trying something different. I will be honest about this. Uh, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Okay. You know, um, and because I, I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't get what he was trying to do. Um, I didn't really understand the story. I was disappointed. I didn't have more Jason Voorhees in it. You know what I mean? All, all the things people complain about to this day. Um, but years later, I watched it again. And I was like, son of a bitch. Why didn't I like this before? <laughs> No, it's like I was just in a different mindset. I I already knew what wasn't going to happen. So I gave the story a chance. You know what I mean? And uh, and I liked it a lot better the second time. And I've watched it a couple of times since then. I still like it. I don't care if you hate it. Hey. It's a movie. It's art. It's it's subjective. You know, it's it's in the the eye of the beholder. You know, um, if you're entertained by it, that's all you need, man. Um. Unfortunately, this movie was plagued with issues um, and, uh, you know, a bunch of reshoots, a bunch of callbacks, you know, Sean Cunningham having to get directly involved, you know, and then, of course, not trusting some of the work. And then and that was some of the reason for why they did reshoots and they added things into the movie. Um, some of the scenes that uh, are the most memorable um, were add ons. Yes. I read that a lot. There were a lot of reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. So, and of course the original cut was over two hours long, you know, and, and the studio's like, what the fuck? We can't, (laughs) we can't have this long, you know, who's going to sit there for this, you know? So they ended up doing a pretty, pretty good hack job on the movie. And like they edited it down to what, what we have. And, and I, I tell you, if they had cut any more out of it, it would barely be coherent. You're right. You know what I mean? You're right it's, about um, that. Um, in fact, I would like to see it restored. I don't know if there's a director's cut out there anywhere, if they ever did that, 
Um, but I actually I, just heard on a video now there actually is a director's cut somewhere. I, I feel you like I try need and to find, find that. Yeah, I feel like I want a copy of that. Well, you know what it was by making it short. As much as I like the movie, it's like they just threw stuff at you. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, Aaron Gray, you know, they're obviously family members of Jason. I would have liked to know, like, how? Like, who is this? Is this, you know, Betsy Palmer's niece or somebody? Like, give mm-hmm. something. It's just like they're relatives of Jason. Just take our word for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the- it's. Yeah. You know, they didn't give any background on that. Like, you know, obviously the town and they know the obviously the people in the town know Aaron Gray is related to mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. But like it's that's just what you see out there. It's like they don't elaborate on any of it. Yeah. And and some of that may have been explained in things that got cut out. I mean, I know like uh specifically when when I got to talk to Adam, um you know, I talked about, you know, Creighton Duke not having a backstory. And he's like, well, he did. He did. It just got cut. It got. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Same thing with him. It's like, how does he know all this? Where did he right. get that magic knife? That It's like, he just came mm-hmm. in. It's like, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I think I read that the story with him is uh, Jason Voorhees killed his girlfriend. And that's oh. what prompted him to go on this quest for Jason. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, Creighton's Duke's character, um, uh, they describe him as a bounty hunter in the film and that he caught some of the country's most prolific serial killers. Um, and basically he was setting his sights on Jason Voorhees. Like they did a news piece on it in the middle yeah. of the movie, you know, and I'm, I'm like, that's kind of interesting, you know, um, and he had one of the most confusing lines and one of the greatest lines at the same time, you know. I, I really thought that was that was a strange thing in the news piece where he was like, I've got two words for you. You tell me the first thing that comes in your mind, you know, yeah, Jason what? Voorhees. And he's like, first thing I think of is a little girl in a pink dress pushing a hot dog through a donut. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what the fuck, the fuck that does come? that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's. Uh, so there was some cool stuff in this movie. I, I don't know. Um, what do you say this thing cost? The budget was three million. Okay. And it totaled fifteen point nine million at the box office. Okay. So I, I think even for the time, three million was kind of like a small sum of money, you know, to to make a movie with. I mean yeah. when it, when I think about it, you know, that's kind of like the numbers uh that you'd hear about with like full moon movies, you know, people yes. like Charlie Band and stuff like that going out trying to make a movie oh. for a little bit of nothing and make as much as they can off of it. Well, maybe that, that's a reason that's possibly a reason why we got less Jason in makeup. Yeah, maybe. You know, it'd be easier just to throw some makeup on somebody and say, oh, that's he's mm-hmm. Jason, he's possessed, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this movie, to me, did not feel slow at any point. I feel it was paced really well. I felt like it had a good energy to it. Um, and they start, they don't waste any time. I mean, they, they drop in with the, the opening scene. First of all, I think they yeah. gave you just about every trope they could give you. Um, in well, fact, I, I think that, that was, was like attention. That was like fan service. It's like, they gave you a classic 
hot chick in the woods opening. Like they gave you everything that you've seen in every other Friday the 13th. They threw to one scene. Hey, I thought it was great. The only thing I hated about it was the, the chick's unfrigging the chick that tied the greatest towel of any. <laughs> Yeah, that, that yeah. not did not come out for friggin' shit. She fell off the banister. She was running through the woods. That towel didn't fucking move. Yeah, yeah, it's like it was taped on or something. You know, it. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. She gets in there, turns on the lights. The light doesn't work. It blows out right away. She goes and it, like every every second, everything she does, you think she's about to get attacked because yeah. like they show show her in a dark place. They show dark behind her. You know, like in the in the one scene she was standing there in front of the sink and, and you could see like between the slats of the closet behind her, you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, is he coming out of the closet? You know? Um, so she changes the light bulb immediately takes a shower. So you get her naked for a couple of seconds. Lights goes out. As soon as her toe hits the water of the tub and it's like, you know, what's on. She throws the towel on with the best knot that's ever been tied on a towel. <laughs> And, um, I mean, holy shit. She like flew over a banister and landed on a coffee table and the thing stayed on. Yeah. <laughs> My immaturity took over big time there. Cause I was just like, when is this towel? It's like, I started forgetting about everything else going on. I was like, when is this towel going to fall off? And it never did. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. She was pretty well doing a hurdle race outside, <laughs> hopping over logs and running up hills, you know? <laughs> and she wasn't even holding the towel, like saying, like she was like running, and it was like it just stayed. It was just like. And then when they turned all the lights on, she did that running, like leaping somersault, <laughs> you know, and it still stayed on. And right before they blast the shit out of him and then blow him up, so <clears throat> that was more scene. unbelievable than Jason Voorhees being real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some people complain about the look of Jason in this movie. Um, and um, I'll be honest, he looks different than most other of the films. Yes. Uh, but I kind of get it. Um, he wanted him to look waterlogged, I believe. You know, freaking guy died in the lake. He's been in the lake for a long time. You know, he should be waterlogged like a freaking corpse that's bloated up. Yes. So, I mean, it, it looked weird for that reason. But I think that was done on purpose. You know, um, so I kind of just accepted that. I'm like, yeah, well, he is dead and he and does live in a lake. Is like chewed away almost. It's like, yeah, very. There's actually a comic. It was yeah. put out by Tops and it's Jason Goes to Hell, the final party. It's three part series. I actually went to buy it on eBay because I read that it bridges the gap between. Jason takes Manhattan and and this one. Okay. And so I was curious, but it was like 50 bucks for like the three comics. So I was like, I'm still going to get them. And I couldn't find them digitally anywhere. So they were put out by Tops, not like Marvel or DC or Image. Yeah. Tops so, is the baseball card company, yes, isn't it? But okay. they do put comics out. Okay. And like I said, I couldn't find it. I was. I would have liked. To, I would have even bought a digital copy, uh, copy just to read it. Yeah. To see what it said, and I can't. But I'm. I'm on it. I'm. I'm gonna see what it. What it actually says. But I'm curious. Yeah. No, that would be cool. I. I. Uh, you know, I'm intrigued enough 
you know, in the story to, to look at things like that myself. So if you do find it and you think it's good, you know, fill me in. Let me know Absolutely. what you learn. Because it's not like I'm going to go out and buy my own copy of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will someday, but it's doubtful. So if you do it, I want to hear about it. Will um, do. All right. Um, so they collect up his body parts basically in a bag and they take it off to a facility to basically do an autopsy on it. And, and this might sound funny, but I think the coroner is one of my favorite characters of this movie. Ah, he's great. Um, played by Richard Grant. And I think that scene is probably one of my favorites in the movie. Um, cause it's, it's so simple, but, but the lighting is cool. The atmosphere is awesome. He's sitting there, you know, poking through and like manipulating the blown up body parts of Jason Voorhees, you know, recording to his little mic that's dangling from the yeah. ceiling like he's doing a podcast, you know. And when, like I said, I saw this in the movies when it first came out. Yeah. When he ate that heart, the whole theater was like, ah! <laughs> the whole thing. so and that sound he made where you're like <laughs> when he eats it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh man it was so gross you know but it was really cool that he was sitting there i mean that was a really neat way to do that i thought you know that possession scene i thought was super well done because the heart just started pulsating again like beating on the table and he's like taken aback by it and he's in disbelief. And then he's kind of you know, confused. Kind of like, like shaking his head, you know, like but you can kind of you can kind of see the change. Oh yeah. Where he just feels drawn to it. And it's just it, I was not expecting him the first the first time I saw it to pick that up and no and, and just was. take a big ass bite into it. You know? Nobody was. <laughs> so it was just <laughs> that was out of nowhere. It was like, holy shit, you know. And and he went all in. And and what do you say that thing was made out of? It was like gelatin and gelatin <laughs> fruit cocktail, like jelly or something in there. It's black like jelly, dye. but uh, he said that it still tasted like shit. <laughs> so. I believe it. <laughs> you know, it, even if it didn't taste bad, you know, it looked bad enough that your brain would probably tell you it was bad. You know what I mean? Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's and it's it probably, probably had, a visual thing too. It's yeah, probably had the worst texture in the world too. You know, it's like be like uh <laughs> like a like a big old mushroom cap stuffed with mayonnaise or something, you know what uh, I mean? It just be... <laughs> <laughs> and he was getting into it too. He was like <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like they show close up of him like biting it and like pulling it like so he was <laughs> really oh, in there, man. He was ferocious. <laughs> You know, maybe they only made one and they're like, you better make it good. Make it count, buddy. <laughs> so, but then they added, you know, uh, what, like animation. I mean, I don't think they were doing CGI here. I think they were doing animation because this was still film. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, but uh, you see all like the, the, the spirit. Like, like yeah, like, like those orbs. Whatever that like... was. The energy flowing yes. into his body, you know. Um. And that was that was cool looking, you know, and he just kind of like stood there like arms stretched out, you know, just accepting it. Um next kill was cool. But the, the but coroner again, assistant after came in. Jason. Yeah. And the next coroner, the assistant came in. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, what did he go back to work? <laughs> like before, like <laughs> it's like okay, I became Jason, but until I get somebody to kill, I'm gonna go yeah. continue working. Yeah, it was like he was just sitting there trying to figure out what his yeah. next move was. You know, just just kind of all hunched over the table, like growling a little bit. You know, <laughs> and, and uh, that the assistant dean, what's his name, Dean Laurie. He's actually uh-huh. the co-writer of this. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, that's right. There was uh, basically three writers on this. Um, uh, Jay, Jay Hughley, uh, Adam Marcus, and Dean Laurie. So, yes. uh, uh, and of course, and he's he gave me one of my comments, one of my lines that I've said since I've heard this movie. I've used it in the chats. Remember, if you remember, I even said I'll, I'll promise not to take a mango-sized crap on The Exorcist. If we talk yeah. about, I've used that for years because of this movie. I just thought that was genius. Yeah, it's it's such a weird phrase, but I get it. Mangoes are pretty sizable, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So it doesn't take much for uh, Jason to escape the uh, the autopsy room and and the the office where they're performing this. Uh, he basically just walks out, and we get um, the news flash. Yeah, dead. dead. But it's funny. It's like, yeah, he didn't <laughs> like he didn't like Kane Hodder calling Jason a pussy. A pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but like when they show the assistant, it's like his picture is. Yeah. Him sitting in the lab like a few minutes before. Yeah. It's like when he, he knew he was going to die, so he like posed for a picture. Yeah, what was this, security camera footage yeah, that they just took stills from? Uh, I mean, it was, yeah. It, it was great. I get what you're saying. Well, it's kind of like in part five where they're like explaining, you know, the killer at the end and they're going through his wallet. For some reason, he's got a picture of himself in there <laughs> yeah. and he's got like, newspaper clippings and there's a big old picture of jason Voorhees in the newspaper and i'm like yeah. what the fuck who got a picture of jason Voorhees? you know what i mean so and yeah. there's another cool kill with him because not only with him stabbing the thing but when he pushes him down on that table with the with the grate oh, like you yeah. can see his skin coming through like the holes yeah yeah he mashed him like a <laughs> you know like a burger on a grill man it was just How's this for a mango size crap? Exactly. Oh man, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, that was one thing that I will I will really say about this movie was like it was brutal as fuck, man. Like some of the kills were just crazy. They looked gnarly and nasty. The effects were wonderful. Um, and I would have to say um, that's for good reason because KNB effects worked on this film. So. Um, uh, three, three very famous effects artists who came together um, to form their own company. One of which being Greg Nicotero. Yes. So, um, yeah, they did some some really really cool work on this movie, and and I think that was just money well spent. I don't know if they were excited to work on this project. Maybe they were. I think they were because they basically worked on every other horror. You know, um type of movie imaginable they're like well we got to get a piece of friday the 13th you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how i think that went but hey who knows what those conversations were like so i like the restaurant too the restaurant was kind of cool it was one of those like novelty places that was just 
like almost like a roadside attraction that was banking on you know the lore of uh, Jason Voorhees. Everything on the menu had something to do with either the lake or uh, or Jason himself. You know, like a Jason burger or the Jason fingers. You know, or or whatever. Like everything on the menu, the food items were all named after something related to. And you see these patties. <laughs> And you scoop them out and you make it look like a hockey mask. And see this? This makes a whole new patty. Hence the two for one. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. And and they were pretty cool, too. Um, uh, Rusty uh, Schwimmer and Leslie Jordan were the couple uh, he's, who... He is great. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, because he goes from... I mean, I'm a big... You ever watch the show Will and Grace? Yeah. He's on that show. He goes mm-hmm. from being hysterical. He was in American Horror Story. He goes from one extreme to the other, and he sells it no matter what. He's like, yeah. and he's so likable no matter what he does. Like, yeah. if I see him in anything, like, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I know whatever character he's playing or whatever he's doing, it's going to be enjoyable. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, I love their dynamic in this movie. I mean, Hold they me were, back. They were, they were the polar opposites. <laughs> yeah. You know, she was tall, he was short, she was butch, he was not. <laughs> it's, but uh but it but it worked. Like I really believe that a couple like that could yes. exist. And, That's and I, what I'm saying. No matter how outlandish how he acts, he uh, makes it believable. He mm-hmm. he sells it. So, I love him. We do get a diner scene. Um, and we get Duke in there basically immediately trying okay. to talk I, to my problem with Duke is yeah. I like, I like the character a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they had to make him so fucking douchey. <laughs> like, Agreed. If, if, like if he was really legit on this quest and like when he starts talking to Aaron Gray, he like really wants to help her. Mm-hmm. You know, but then when the sheriff comes and he's like, "Why don't you blow me right after your girl is done?" Like, really? Like, she ain't tried to duke yet. Yeah, yeah, she ain't. Like, now just stop it. I was like, see now, like, like it makes the bounty hunter after Jason part less credible. Yeah, because you're like, this yeah. guy's just a douchebag. Yeah, um, I, you know, at, at the same time, I, I think uh, his character. Um, I'm probably reaching here, but I think his character's seen enough enough of the world to have a healthy disrespect mm-hmm. for small town law enforcement. Yeah, because, I get that too. You know, and, he, and he had a disrespect for the FBI too when they when they blew up uh, Jason, you know, because he was sitting there in the bushes watching through the binoculars and he's like, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what I mean? It's like, you could tell he's a guy who knew more than what he was saying. Well, um, in the blurb I read about him with the whole story with Jason killing his girlfriend, mm-hmm. he apparently was in law enforcement before bounty hunting. Okay. It said yeah. that's what Jason killing his girlfriend prompted him to go into law enforcement and okay. then later bounty hunting. Whether if that's true or not, I don't know, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You could use that as, as a storyline. I would accept it, um, whether that's the one that was intended or not. And, um, and he pulled a line. He pulled a line right from Jaws. Right after the donut and the, the hot dog and the donut. And oh, what's yeah? he asked for? Five million, five hundred thousand, whatever he asked. Okay. He's like, for that, you get the mask, the machete, the whole damn thing. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, he did. He pulled a quint. Holy shit. I was like, holy. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of film nods in this movie. Oh, sure. All over the place. I mean, yeah, yeah. the TV dude that's a douche that's going out with the girl. With, uh, what's her name? Uh-huh. He's Robert. Uh, yeah, Robert Campbell. Uh, Robert England and Bruce Campbell. The right. sheriff. I have it written down. The sheriff. Billy Greenbush. Yeah. That's a, but his name in the movie is uh, Sheriff Landis for John Landis. Like, oh. There's little tropes all over this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this this movie seemed to do uh, a lot of that, you know, and and we got, well, now we call them Easter eggs. They weren't calling them Easter eggs then, but, yeah. the, but they would keep inputting little little nods to other movies and, and other things um, uh, all throughout this movie. Um, like, uh, I know I'm jumping around, but like at the Voorhees house in the basement, there was that, that big crate. The crate that you know. says North whatever expedition that's from Creepshow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't know if it was, um, and I always wondered when I saw that crate in Creepshow, if it was like a nod to the thing. You know what I mean? I kind of could see that. Uh, it's a good. Yeah. So I almost feel like it, it's kind of tied to both. But you're right. I think I think that's basically the the crate from Creepshow. Yeah, it absolutely is. I think it's, yeah. it says the exact same thing. Whatever expedition, yeah. if you look, mm-hmm. and we have the biggest drop of all. Yeah. The, you know the Necronomicon. The, yes, <laughs> that actually caused a lot of shit online because people. Let's say, oh well, Jason's a deadite. Yeah, and they're like, no, fuck, no, he's not a deadite. Well, like, but the Necronomicon was there, so yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and and I don't think that uh, the Necronomicon necessarily, you know, only means he's a deadite. You yes. know, um, and and he never specifically said that. I mean, he couldn't, you know, it, but it, it's it was just an idea. He wanted to put a suggestion in there, a reason for you know why, you know. Jason is this supernatural being, you know, it was a, it, to me, it was a, it was a nice suggestion and a nod to another franchise that I really like. Exactly. Um, and, and it did create questions, but I mean, you know, he didn't own any of that stuff. He couldn't like put it <laughs> no. in there as, as lore. You know what I mean? It's just like, eh, I'm just going to put this here. See what you yeah. guys think. No, make up your own story. Right. Um, and you know, I kind of had fun with that. Um, and he's talked about it, you know, in in recent years, where he's like, okay, well, you know, maybe he's not a deadite, maybe he's just a revenant. You know what I mean? Um, where he's uh, he's acting out on on behalf of somebody else who's beyond the grave. You know, and I've heard that suggestion before. Um, I think uh, our friend Paul um, said it, where he felt that. Uh, uh Jason's killing spree was basically an extension of his dead mother like she was acting through through his body which that's another interesting theory that's never been suggested before that I can think of no um so and the Voorhees obviously had a very nice house too I thought so I like, would have you know, there no would have been cool like nice a little fixer upper like maybe showing like a flashback of Betsy Palmer or somebody even it looks like but shown yeah. her in the house like when she was younger or something, uh-huh. it was just like, and this is the Voorhees house. You know, it's like this big, you yeah. know? Yeah. So whatever reason Duke got arrested for his little stunt in the, in the restaurant. I don't quite yeah. understand why. I mean, was it harassment? You know, I didn't hear a charge, you know, yeah, they just, but I mean, they just locked him up. I mean, 
telling somebody's girlfriend to blow you is i mean it's rude but it's not <laughs> jail worthy i mean yeah yeah they called it solicitation what are they doing yeah here? you know i mean he didn't <laughs> offer to pay for it it was like <laughs> yeah so well we get the uh the the i don't know i don't want to call him a boyfriend he wasn't the boyfriend he was we'll call call him the baby daddy yeah. um <laughs> steven driving into town you know and picks up the hitchhikers i don't know why they're hitchhiking i mean they're planning on going camping and they don't have a car yeah you know what i mean like... that's a little unusual but he picked up the hitchhikers and they basically said they're going to camp crystal lake they're going to do some smoking some fucking and and whatever and um and they're not going to worry about you know getting killed and he's like all right so he just drops them off takes off so and that girl um, was like why don't you come he's like uh <laughs> like uh, there's no guy that would have said no I'm sorry. right right that <laughs> sorry uh, what was going on that would have been a, i was like yeah been I'll, a really I'll, difficult no you know I'll what i mean there. it's like you really have to be late for something or something way more important to say no to that you know but uh but that's all right we'll just we'll just say that he's you know he's one of the good guys you know yeah. and 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 he's got a moral code and he's not going <laughs> to compromise that and he's he's got somewhere to be such bullshit. to do the right thing <laughs> <laughs> It's almost so, as ridiculous as the towel not falling off. Yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those added on scenes that was uh, shot later and put into the movie because I, I guess they felt like there wasn't enough, you know, things that said Friday the 13th in this movie. So they did uh, they did a wood scene. They did a camp scene. They did, you know, multiple kills. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that they, they put a twist on the uh, uh, sex equals death thing. Uh, they did an unsafe sex equals death thing because they didn't get killed until after he was like, ah, I don't want to wear the condom. She's like, all right, fuck it. Threw it away. Um, so, but I don't know what they had to do with the, with the girl outside. She got killed before that. Yeah. You know, she wasn't doing anything. And apparently that's like, <laughs> that came up like so many times that I was reading online. Yeah. One of the bloopers in the movies, like she tossed the condom in the tent, but then you see, him step on the condom like outside like how far did that thing go like <laughs> yeah it was right like, through the, the side of the closed. tent so like how did like i i love when there's like stupid because they yeah. they make me laugh they don't bother yeah. i could care less but there's people that like will bring out every little thing like oh my <laughs> god yeah well they were taking their clothes off outside maybe one fell out of his pocket before yeah, they maybe. got in the tent you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, I I did think of that too. Um, tent stake or not tent stake fence post kill was awesome. Yes, you know that was probably one of the coolest kills that that I've ever seen in a movie like this. Um, and I mean, it wasn't just just the stabbing through the side of the tent; it was the ripping, ripping up through up. her body, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. And it just looked great. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, him sitting there screaming, then getting sprayed in the face with her blood, you know, just to be killed off screen, man. That was a little disappointing. I kind of wanted to see him die, but I guess they spent enough money, you know, with the effect killing her there. So I wonder if he's still nutted. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What if you're like in mid and it's about that and like she's half you got to finish. I mean, <laughs> well, if I ever meet him, I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is the immature. This is the shit I think yeah. about when I see. 
Right. right. <laughs> when I see this shit. Yeah. So this is all while he's still in the coroner's body, you know. Um, but I guess the the coroner is uh, kind of winding down. He's, yeah. He's no good anymore. He's got to find a new body. So um, manages to kill poor Edna with a car door and uh, and capture that other cop. Um, and then you get that that really strange, you know, homoerotic what, shaving scene. Where did scene. that scene come from? I don't like, know, but <laughs> I think I, I think know. it was put in there just to make the audience feel uncomfortable. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like like where did Jason get these little rubber shorty shorts from? Yeah. <laughs> and put them in them, and then it's like, you uh, know what? Now I'm gonna shave you too. It's like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was like. You can't say anything like facial hair. The coroner had facial hair. Yeah. But he yeah. was like, no, I'm shaving your shit off. And you could tell right. that guy was annoyed as fuck. He's like, no, like, <laughs> he took me to grow that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of seemed scared to me, so that, which makes more yeah. sense. But <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess he didn't like porn stashes. So he's like, <laughs> we're shaving this bitch off before I transfer into this body. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, that was awesome. And no sooner does he get in that body that he goes after the half sister, um, Diana, um, our uh, our lovely waitress who uh, uh, ran into Creighton Duke in a in the previous scene. Um, Aaron Gray. That's right, Aaron Gray. I love Aaron Gray. So there's a struggle. It's not working out too well for her, but Stephen just shows up. Good thing he decided not to stay with those kids at the lake. You know, otherwise he'd have been too late and 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 Jason would have had his way. Um he did this awesome dive, like hits him, knocks him off, damn near knocked his head on a rocking chair that was in the room, you know, <laughs> waxing end table, you know, like it looked legit. Like yeah. this looked like a real fight, real struggle, you know. And this is after she had like already put a bullet in the dude's head right so he had basically come back you know was and was winning the struggle when when steven came in and uh knocked him off and and the struggle continued you know cop jason picks the weirdest weapon of all out of like the the knife holder he pulls out the sharpening sh uh, steel yeah yeah and whips that into her back um now, of course, they struggle again. He ends up stabbing the guy through his back with a poker and throws him out the window. Uh, and, of course, well, cause, then... Because he sees himself in the mirror. Yeah. And he kind of, like, stopped. He was like... Because now he looked in the mirror, and he was Jay hockey mask Jason looking back at him. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck? He's like, what is... <laughs> he had, like, yeah. a stupid look on his face. He was like, what? Like... Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he stabbed him. Yeah. See, and, and that was a an interesting mechanic there. You know, like every time he walked past a reflective surface, you could see that it was Jason. Yes, you saw it with the coroner the at only... the beginning. Yeah. And I thought, at first, I thought that was something just for the audience. You know what I mean? But then, you know, Aaron Gray's character saw it. Yes. You know, she saw the reflection and and immediately knew what was happening and she was in trouble, um, which I thought was a weird decision. Oh, everybody can see this, you know, um, 
and and I didn't quite understand, but understand that. But it, no, I, I just what? kind it of was, accepted it. They didn't it, do it a ton. It was confirmation that that it was Jason. Yeah, you know. So yeah. if anybody would have any doubts, it's like, well, obviously because they don't see the mask, and if they had their doubts, it's like, oh, we walk by, look, it really is Jason. Yeah. So, so yeah. Unfortunately, she dies, and a deputy comes in. He gets arrested. So Stephen's going to jail. I was upset. Um, I wanted more Aaron Gray in the movie. Yeah, I kind of did too. You know, but I, I guess, I guess they could only talk. She's like, a, she's like childhood crush part. to me. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You said you like to watch the old uh, Buck Rogers uh, I said, series. Yeah. I would, I would take her now, even if she's old, and knowing that Buck Rogers banged her like a screen door in a windstorm. It, Damn, I love her. <laughs> I really do. When she does, like that's it. No more Aaron Gray. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> now she looked good in this movie too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So then we get the weird scene. You know, him and Creighton Duke side by side and sell. You know, and they just start talking. It's like I don't know. Just Duke seems to know too much. Yes, you know, and I think that's what I'm saying. They should have. Granted, I know they didn't have time to go into a big backstory. Yeah, but they should have dropped like a hint of how he knows what he knows. Yeah, it's just like you have to, you know, just believe yeah. it that oh, okay, just take all take their word for it that he knows what's going on. Yeah, and he immediately knows this guy's involved that he's connected to this family. Yes, um, and exactly how. So it's like he's done his research on everybody and knows mm -hmm. who this guy is. Um, and so like he baits him into this conversation, you know, and gets him interested in what he needs to know about about the situation. And like he makes a makes him pay a price for all the information that he gives him by breaking two of his fingers. Yeah, you know, is. he'll ask a question. Oh, that's an expensive question. Are you willing to pay the price? Breaks a finger. Tells him what he wants to know. And and he's like, mm, that's an expensive question. Breaks another finger, you know, and like fakes him out like he's going to break a third finger, you know, just to find out if he's really willing to do it. Yeah, you know, this one's on the house. Yeah, this one's on the house. But you know what made yeah. me annoyed? <laughs> Stephen, after when he said that this one's on the house, Stephen looked at him like, oh, really? That's I was like, that still would have been like, fuck you. You broke two of my fucking fingers. <laughs> Like now I'm supposed to like you because you let me go. What I still got. Oh, thank goodness! You're a good guy. You, I can't you didn't even break a third finger. Off because my fucking thing is broke. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he's like, you know, get to the Voorhees house, find proof. You got to convince her. You know what I mean? Of, of what this is, and she's the only one that can kill him. So he learns. He learns a lot in a short amount of time, and just absorbs it. Just believes it. You know what I mean? Like he didn't question him once. Just like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You're fucking <laughs> with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was convincing enough that he believed everything that he was saying. He's like, all right, I'm in. Um, and basically um, makes a scene. You get Kip Marcus coming in there as Randy. And he grabs a hold of him, you know, like uh, and pulls his gun. And, and he's like, all right, let me out. I would have Locked. called his bluff. Like they're yeah. childhood friends. You know he's <laughs> yeah. not going to shoot you. I mean, yeah. like if you really know he's not a bad guy, he's not going to shoot you. Yeah, yeah. 
but uh but yeah um yeah we don't have to go through the whole movie but i mean um favorite scenes i mean so uh, who's jason now still the cop still shorty short rubber pant cop yeah yeah because um the new boyfriend so like uh i i called steve uh steven baby daddy baby daddy so, so he gets out of jail now and goes back to the house. Yeah, Diana's daughter, you know, had a baby, which is Stephen's baby. Yes. We established this early in the movie, even though we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that's who he has to convince. So uh, her mother's dead already. So she's the one who has to be convinced that she's the only one who can kill Jason. Um. And that's his goal, is to go do that. Um, and, of course, he goes to the Voorhees house to try to find proof, as directed by Creighton Duke. Um, finds the Necronomicon, all that stuff. Well, the new boyfriend, um, the newscaster guy, the real douchey guy, um, steals her mother's body from the morgue and takes it to the Voorhees house. Um, and shoves it into the closet where Stephen did basically fell through the floor uh, and he was trying not to fall all the way down to the basement. And that's where he overheard him. Yeah. His whole plan. Basically he didn't give a shit about the girl. He just wants to, the Voorhees story. Yeah. He wants the Voorhees story. So I like, get the prop guys here to put some body parts here and make it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all he's really going to do. So, so he throws the body in the closet, you know, it lands on him, falls down in the basement, you know, and that's when, you know, cop Jason comes in and gives him you know, the tongue down of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he beats his ass up and and transfers, you know, from the cop's body into his because we know his body's done. He's had a headshot. He's had, you know, a fire poker through his body. You know, he's on borrowed time. So like, um, so as soon as that transfers over, he fucking melts. He just that was a like, good scene, too. Turns to slime and starts like decomposing, like on the spot. I mean, like I got big time Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes. Yeah, I got Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes. I got Evil Dead 2 vibes. I got, I've got the shunting vibes, you know. Yeah, that was was a really (laughs) cool scene. Yeah, I got, um, Robocop vibes, you know, the the guy who got (laughs) soaked in the toxic waste and started to melt on screen. Yeah. You know, which probably happened after this movie. Um, if I maybe I got the timeline right somewhere around this time anyway. Um, yeah, super cool effects. That was awesome, especially when his jaw fell off. I mean, stuck yeah. to the floor and like ripped off. I mean, <laughs> and like they didn't rush it or cut it like you yeah. sat there for a minute or two and actually watched this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should throw in the part where uh, Stephen, after he broke out of jail and went to the house, got out of there. Went to get his girlfriend or his baby mama. So the baby, um, the other waitress who was watching the baby brought her to the diner. And, yeah. And first the, the owner, the chick was like, get, get her out and say to freaking take care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the baby's not even with her right now. So he, he goes to the house uh, and basically saves her from the newscaster boyfriend, who's now Jason. Um, runs him over with the car, takes off with her. She's pissed off. You just killed my boyfriend, you know, and kicks him out of the car and yeah. takes off. So, um, 
and he gets picked up by his cop buddy, um, Randy again. So, um, he allows himself to be arrested, goes back to the station, you know, no sooner they get there than the newscaster boyfriend that he just ran over is there. And he's basically taking everybody out in the place. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, does that awesome leap where he like, uh, gets the handcuffs from behind his back to the front of his body, you know, elbows his buddy in the face, takes the gun and shoots him until he empties the weapon and they get the hell out of there. Um, yeah, a lot I of cool. I'd be dead because that would never happen. With me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm athletic enough to do that either. I'd trip on that shit. I'd fall. I'd break my wrist. You know? I fall putting my underwear on. Imagine me yeah. trying to do that fucking jump. Get the fuck. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Drayton breaks out of jail, too. Um, He ends up, we find out he ends up going to the diner and grabs the baby, leaves a note. But we don't see that for a little bit. We get um, some good kills at the diner, though. We get some awesome kills at the diner. Holy crap. I mean, not only do we get some good shotgun blasts, you know, um, we get... Um, we have a, the kid gets killed outside the sun. Yeah. And he has a similar... He didn't impale him with it, but he breaks it just like he did in Texas Chainsaw, like with the, <laughs> the forearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke his forearm. Um, blast him up against the glass of the door. You know, dude busts in. They shoot him a bunch of times. And that scene, the, the gun they have in it, that's that's like a Grail gun for me. Oh yeah. That's What'd a, you say it was again? It's an it's a LAR Grizzly. Now, and I only noticed because there's a site, the International Movie Firearms Database. Okay. Great site. Okay. You could literally type in any movie, like if you see what gun they're using you're not sure you put the title of the movie in and it gives you a whole rundown of every firearm and even scenes for pictures from the scene the gun was in it huh so i used to do this more religiously and probably one when i was buying a lot of guns and and so i would do this i was on the site constantly every movie and i saw that gun and i said it's like looks like a 1911 like a colt but i said it's big i said that can't be and so i looked it yeah. up and it's actually the designer of that gun actually got two Colt 1911s, cut them in half, and made a bigger one. And mm. they actually manufactured a cartridge called 45 Winchester Mag, which is like double the size of a 45 ACP. And wow. they they stopped making them like in the late 90s, but like they're impossible to get. But like there was a point where I was after one of those, and yeah, you can't find yeah. them anywhere. Yeah, and didn't the barrel like extend out had from a, the slide? Had an extended port. Oh, it, it was a nice friggin' gun. Yeah, that's interesting. It was yeah. really. I I did notice that it was a u unique looking gun, um, but I I had no idea. I I didn't know what the hell it was. Like I say, um, it was impossible to get when I looked it up probably fifteen years ago. <laughs> but so now it's like, and also the ammo too. It's not a big demand for for 45 Winchester. Right. And were there any other like weapons that were outfitted with that particular I, I think cartridge? it was manufactured for that gun. Yeah. So even that. So even if you had one, you'd end up having to like do your own reloads and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's uh, comparable to a 44 mag. Like I read both. Some people say the 44 Magnum is more powerful. 
other sites say this trumped the 44 meg. I don't know. Like you'll know. I'll guess I'll never know because <laughs> I'll never have one because it's obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That'll be yeah. that'll be like a lottery gun if I hit the Powerball. Yeah. Then you'll go I'll find be able one. To track one down. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, we get uh poor Shelby played by uh Leslie Jordan. He gets his head dunked into the French fryer. Uh that sucked. Holy shit. <laughs> um and uh Rusty Schwimmer or Joey B, as we should call her, um, got elbowed in the face and basically her jaw just like, like busted oh and like yeah, the like, whole fucking face was like yeah. that was that was a great great effect. That was that was a great look. Yeah. <laughs> What would the, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then, you know, the waitress just goes all freaking Rambo, you know, and she's back there like right? shooting them with the shotgun rounds and everything else. She picks up something and impales him, you know, and then he grabs her and impales her and then suddenly she's gone. But, you know, she uh she did a great a great job there. Just uh um uh, trying to defend these people. Um, so the girlfriend takes off and uh, he tries to run her down. You know, Stephen tries to run her down and uh, um, he can't can't catch her before she takes off. And he goes back in to find out what it was that she looked at, finds a note that the waitress had. And basically it was from Duke saying, got your baby, you know, uh, come to the Voorhees house alone, you know. So he knows that's where she's going. Um, so this is kind of like the final, you know, scene of the movie there. Everybody is showing up at the Voorhees house. You got Creighton Duke there already with the baby, you know, and, um, um, she shows up alone and, and he was like, Oh, you're alone. He's like, uh, he's like, good. You know, that type of shit. And, um, she's, she's upset. He's like, Hey, look, just give me two minutes. And, you know, puts a knife down that he's holding hands her the baby. And they sit there and have a conversation. Um, and this is where like you get a little bit more of the lore. And he finally convinces her that there's something special about her because he tosses her the knife when she carries, catches it. It basically extends into this, uh, this sword type thing. Yeah. Um, that it only happened when she touched it. So, I mean, was that a little hokey? Maybe a little bit. Absolutely, you know, but it worked. But at this point, I was having fun, yeah. so I I really <laughs> didn't care. You know, I was like, "What's going to happen? What's going to happen?" You know. Um. So now we don't see what happens to the boyfriend, because last no. we saw the chick was sh shooting him with the shotgun, and he impaled her. Yeah. So now the two cops come in, the younger right. cop and the sheriff. Yeah. And this is where you, this is like where I said where you get like the thing vibes. Because it's, it's he's like kill them both. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know who's who. Yeah, and you don't know who. Now you absolutely don't know who Jason is. Yeah, and um, and that's the thing where it's like you think it's the uh, it's the sheriff, but it turns out it's not. It's the other guy. After she stabbed him, uh, like, oops, sorry. Yeah, oops, sorry <laughs> about that. You know, and you find out that it's uh, Randy's character who's who's Jason now. Um, and, you know, he's winning once again. Boyfriend comes in, 
you know, with that big old uh, machete looking type knife that he brought from the restaurant and like cuts him right across the neck. And that was that was a really cool effect because like it didn't cut his head completely off. It just, you know, it like it severed a good way through, falls down on the ground. And then like the creature inside starts crawling out the neck and pushes the head over to the side. That was a really cool look. Um, and little side story, you know, that that head, which was of Adam Marcus's brother, Kip, got used again about uh, 30 years later in um, Secret Santa. So, really? um, yeah. Well, remember the, the shovel scene in uh, Secret Santa? They reused yeah. the head there. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so oh, if you go yeah. back and look real close, maybe you'll recognize it. Now I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I wanted to throw that in there. And and shout out to Secret Santa. That movie's awesome. Yes. You got that damn little critter running around now that just crawled out of the, the deputy's body. And, um, you know, uh, Duke gets attacked, throws it. It falls down into the basement. You know, Duke's down there. Um, he's crawling his way out. Um, and they realize, you know, suddenly that uh, the things down there in the basement, you know, uh, Diana's body's down there. And he's like, um, it's reborn through Voorhees blood, right? Does it have to be alive? And he's like, no. And he's like, uh, Diana's body was down there. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And when, when he jumps out, yeah. the whole theater went friggin' nuts. Yeah. It was like the whole theater was cheering. It was, yeah. yeah. And you pointed out this inconsistency uh, when we watched this movie the other night. And, and, and somebody had had mentioned it to me before, and you're you're right. Um, why why when he was reborn was he reborn into the state that he was in in the beginning of the movie? You know, we're talking same clothes, same mask, same look. You know what I mean? It's like everything just regenerated now that he was born through this person's body. Eh, okay, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make a ton of sense, but. I uh, you know, it does. This is how we knew him when we saw him earlier in the movie. So I'm like, so, okay, yeah, I'm still on the ride here. I'm, it, I'm, I'm still enjoying myself. I'm gonna just go with hundred percent. Yeah. So you get the fight scene. They end up outside through the through the greenhouse glass. You know, uh, for some reason the the Voorheeses were were very disorganized. They left all their gardening tools outside. <laughs> <laughs> he he hits him with a, a freaking rake. He ends up hitting him with a shovel. I don't remember what the hell else was out there. You know, <laughs> J- Jason throws Steven a, a, a beat down here. Like it, it doesn't even like it's not yeah. even like he just, you know, where he could have probably just killed him. He's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slap the shit out of you for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He's playing with him now. Yeah. He, he even like picked up the end of that jungle gym and like rolled it at him and shit, you know, um, which, uh, weren't you saying that was from the birds, the movie, the birds. That's, what's good. Sometimes when you watch, when you watch a movie on Amazon, yeah. you put your cursor over the screen, it'll give you like trivia notes on the side. Yeah. It yeah. says used in the motion picture, the birds. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've seen pictures of that thing, you know, and, and I, I guess they do look similar. I guess I guess it could be. I guess after know. they cleaned all the bird shit off it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then filmed it in color. Yeah. You know? Um, but but yeah. Um, so you think he's getting ready to bite it, 
you know, and she just comes rushing out there, jumps on his back, stabs him through the front of the chest, not through the back or anything. She's like, I've got to get him through the front and stabs him. And right. the next thing you know, um, you have that. Um, Those big excellent scene where, hands. yeah, yeah. All the shit shooting out of his body, you know, yeah. The weirdo hands come up out of the ground, basically drag him down into the ground. So technically that's him going to hell. Um, and I like the little thing that they did at the end. Um, apparently that was kind of a last minute thing that, that Adam Marcus tried to get permission for, uh, since new line owned Freddie. Um, he, uh, had asked permission to borrow Freddie's glove and could he use Freddie's laugh? Um, because he wanted to do that scene at the end where Freddie's glove comes up, grabs the mask. You hear the laugh and, and just disappears into the dirt. And uh, and you also pointed out that Kane Hodder... That was Kane Hodder's hand. In more the or less, glove. he's like... like He didn't even like give people an option. He's like, I'm doing that. He's like, I'm putting I mean, the glove on. I'm doing this thing. Look at Robert England's arm and look at yeah. the arm that comes out. That's like a beefy arm yeah. that comes out. Yeah. But who could blame him? You know what I mean? No, it's well, it's who like who wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's like, and and it's as you say, you know, he's probably the only Jason technically for his player who also technically played Freddy Krueger. Yes. <laughs> uh, unless somebody maybe, else has done it since. Maybe that's know. why he wanted to do that, just so yeah, he could get that under his belt. I know we gushed over this movie. Um it's um I don't know. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people take it take online it. specifically. Oh my god. I, there's this one like fan group that I'm a part of. I'm I'm almost ready to leave the group. Because <laughs> <laughs> I see all these horrible comments about this movie, and I'm just like, and I'm and I want to argue with them I'm like, no, no, it, it's it's pointless. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, it's like you you don't need validation from these people, you don't have to convince them, you can love this movie without them. You know, and and I do. So, and like um, I've said it once before, in '93 when I was in the movie theater, you didn't have all this media. You know what? I got a new Jason movie, I, so that's all you can. It's like you didn't have much other to go on. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? I always, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. One of the things I love about Kevin Smith, and he said it many times. He goes. He said, he goes, if I like a movie, if I love a movie, he goes, I'll blow the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. He goes, if I don't like a movie, you just won't hear me say anything. Yeah. He goes, because there's too much negativity. Yeah. Said, like, like the new Star Wars came. And he goes, sometimes, like, kind of like what I said. He goes, people are ready to judge coming out of the gate before they even see a movie. Mm -hmm. The new Star Wars trilogy, the, you know, the new ones that came out. Yeah, I had issues with them being a big Star Wars fan myself, and but way Kevin put it, he said, "You know what?" He goes, "There are things I, you know, I like, I dislike. There are things I agree with, but you know what?" He goes, "I'm sitting in the movie theater watching a Star Wars movie and seeing Tie Fighters and fucking." He goes, "It might not be a hundred percent what, but it's better than not having nothing." They gave you know. 
He goes, yeah. so just take what they give you and, and instead of trying to tear it apart and tear it down, just sit back and try and enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what I do with, like with movies like this. It's like, I'm not going to tear apart. No, Jason wasn't in the whole movie. It was like, no, they put a creative spin on it. And it's entertaining as fuck, in my opinion. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you can definitely say, it was original. No, definitely. So, I don't know uh, if you're ready to rate this thing or not. I mean, uh, I'm ready to rate it. Um, I used my checklist, of course. Um, I found it interesting. I found it thought-provoking. Um, I liked some of the direction choices uh, that happened. I thought there was good visuals in it, uh, inventive camera work, good lighting, you know. It was paced well, smooth transitions. Actors were cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Good sets, good wardrobe, good props. I mean, um, I even like the the soundtrack. I mean, I'm pretty sure they got you know Henry Manfredini back in on this yes. thing. He did. Uh, he at least did the the opening credit music, um, and probably a few other things throughout. Um, I like the design. You know, um, I found it to be memorable. I'd watch it again. I have watched it. I watched it multiple times. I watched it two times in two days. <laughs> so um, I gave this a 23 out of 30 criteria points. I gave it a plus two because, you know, um, I, I like the inventiveness of it and how um, they tried to use some of the mechanics uh, of like the Necronomicon and the, a couple other things to, to kind of explain some of the things that were plot holes. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of people didn't get it. You know, a lot of people thought it was more confusing, but I didn't feel that way. I, I accept some of the explanations that I've learned. Um, so it's 25 out of 30. I'm going to give it an 83% or an 8.3 out of 10. I'm probably going to go. Normally, I would go 7, 5, 8 out of 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and. But you know what? Just to. Just to spite all of, of our hoser friends, I'm going fucking nine out of ten. Because <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you and your yeah. poor taste in movies. If you yeah, don't like it, yeah. you're stupid. I don't care. Yeah, yeah you get the fuck you score. We're so gonna give you the score that makes you fuckers. angry. <laughs> Perfect. I don't like fucking it. Fucking watch ET. Anyhow, thanks for hanging out with us. Um uh, I hope you're having a good time. Um, and uh, if you made it this far, uh, I, I appreciate you very much. Um, and um, if we offended you, come on, man. It's a movie. If we offended you, <laughs> Bafungu. And this is just our <laughs> and this is just our opinion. So um, anyhow, uh, on behalf of myself and Mike, my final words to you are remember. Smile, you son of a bitch.